and welcome to the Denali Lord Nutrition and Wellness Podcast. My name is Denali Lord. I'm your host of this podcast. I'm also a registered dietitian, fitness professional, and mindset coach. I hope you all are having a fantastic week. Let's dive into today's topic, focusing on relationships in our life. And let me define that a little bit. This is a broad term, meaning it's any personal or professional relationship, including romantic relationships. Sometimes we have to take a hard observation at our relationships and make a decision as to whether or not they're serving us. This has been something that I've been doing lately, going through and kind of taking an inventory of all the relationships I have, personal, professional, and deciding whether or not those relationships are benefiting not only myself, but also the other person. A wise person once told me that most of our relationships fall into two categories. The first category, we teach the other person the lesson. And the other side of that coin is we learn a lesson. So whether we're teaching a lesson or we're learning the lesson, it's clear that you have both sides of the coin, but they're not really beneficial relationships because we're either giving the lesson, right? We've had to learn something and so have they, or we are taking the brunt of the learning where we're constantly making mistakes. We're behaving in a way that isn't mutually beneficial. Take a second and reflect on relationships you've had where you've had to teach somebody a lesson. You've had to stand up for your personal beliefs, your rights, how you want to be treated. And think about all of the emotions that went with that relationship. Take just a couple of minutes. I'll be back. So I'm back. So now that you've made the list of all those emotions that went along with having to teach someone a lesson, it's pretty gosh darn frustrating and doesn't fulfill you. It doesn't leave you satisfied. In fact, it actually may create a lot of mistrust in people in general, giving you the impression that you're better off alone or you're better off doing it yourself. Both points won't get us very far. Minds work best together when you've got the right people by you. Now think about relationships that you've had where you might've had to learn the lesson. You made some mistakes, you weren't so truthful or honest, or you just weren't considerate. You took more than you gave. Take a couple of minutes to reflect on these relationships and how you made it, how they made you feel. All right, so these relationships probably didn't make you feel so great either, right? When we tend to do harmful or negative things to other people, it does at some point in time catch up with our conscience and it does make us feel awful. So whether you are learning the lesson or you're giving the lesson, it's not a good place to be in. So we really want relationships that are going to be symbiotic for us meaning that these relationships help to foster our growth personally and professionally. 
I'm not saying that things will be 100% perfect. They won't. We're human. We make mistakes. But you'll notice in the relationship, you and the other person are quick to make that apology. And it's not just any apology. It's a very sincere apology. Now, when I say quick, it may be a week, it may be a month, but in a respectable amount of time, an apology is made. Take a minute to think about relationships that you have that are mutually beneficial. You mutually show up for each other. You're there for each other during difficult times. You also politely but constructively are able to give feedback when the person either makes a mistake or they're doing something wrong. And the other person is able to receive that information and use it in a positive and constructive way. Symbiotic relationships can be far and few between, but there's really three reasons why we need symbiotic relationships in our life. First and foremost, symbiotic relationships help to foster personal and professional growth. We need people on our level. When we're constantly either giving the lesson or receiving the lesson, we're not in an equal playing field. It may be emotionally, it could be financially, it could just be experience and education. Either way, having people on the same level as you can help to elevate and grow. It expands your horizons and allows you to be able to see different ideas and different topics with a different lens. When we have friends that we're able to, or relationships rather, where we're able to take constructive criticism, as well as be able to give that feedback in return, it creates an equal partnership. This is a beautiful thing. The second reason why we want symbiotic relationships is it helps us to evaluate the other relationships in our life. So thinking about those symbiotic relationships, you think about how overall they bring you peace, they elevate you, they make you happy. Whereas the other relationships might bring you a lot of stress for whatever reason, whether you're receiving or giving that lesson. Having these relationships allows us to create more peace, more symbioticness, more kumbaya in our lives. And we all need a little less stress and a little bit more peace. The third reason we need symbiotic relationships is that symbiotic relationships inspires us and it helps us hold not only ourselves, but the other people around us accountable. We're open to receiving feedback. The other person is open to receiving feedback. It tells us how we want to be treated and how we should treat others. It sets our standards high. Going back to the first point, we want folks on the same level as us. When we fall out of these symbiotic relationships, that's where we get a lot of different emotions, mostly negative. 
where we fall out of discord with who we truly are and what we want, not only in life, but how we want to be treated. You could take that in so many different ways. So I encourage you to now think about how you can take relationships that you are either teaching a lesson or you're learning a lesson and how you can create and make them become a symbiotic relationship. Not every relationship can be saved, nor should it be saved. If there is abuse, whether it is emotional or physical or a combination, that relationship needs to be terminated immediately. As a former domestic violence victim, there are red flags that is coming in another podcast episode. Stay tuned for details. But having your mental, physical, and emotional well-being put in harm's way is not worth it. That's when you need to back out of the relationship. If the relationship has been rocky, but is not deemed emotionally, mentally, or physically abusive, then we have to do a little bit more digging. Say that the other person in the relationship, you are giving the lesson, and the other person in the relationship knows they've made a mistake, but yet they keep making it. That's a good time to pause and hear the other person out what's going on in their life that's preventing them from moving on from the mistake. Why are they not learning from the mistake? Putting on your listening ears and trying your best to refrain from interjecting and just hearing what the person has to say oftentimes goes a long way. If that conversation does not go well and the person does not seem to be open to discussing why they're not growing and why they're not making different decisions, that's a red flag that again, that person just may not be on your level. And then you have to make that decision of, am I going to continue to have a relationship with this person? That's where counseling, especially for familial relationships, whether it's a marriage or whether it's a family member can really be impactful. That's where things like HR or a mediator can be very impactful for a professional setting. Let's talk about relationships where you seem to be constantly giving. You're giving and giving, whether it's your time, your energy, your resources, be that financial, whatever your resources are to you constantly giving these resources and the other person in the relationship is just not playing nice. They are constantly taking, they are not replenishing your resources. In fact, they might not even be acknowledging the fact that you're extending these resources. This is where, again, we sit down and we have another sometimes hard, but honest conversation about what's going on and how it's making you feel. If this person is not open to hearing how you feel and does not understand and see where you're coming from, that's where counseling or HR might be an option. Or sometimes it's best to just step away. You have expressed your opinions 
and how it makes you feel. Once you've said how it makes you feel, it's now up to the other person. We can't force, we can't change someone else's behavior. That's where we have to oftentimes let time and the person involved in the relationship who needs to make those changes happen. The reverse of that, if we're in a relationship where we're constantly learning the lesson, it's important that if we want to gain someone's trust, we want to build and foster that relationship with that individual, we first need to make sure we understand what the person is saying. Using techniques like reflective listening. For example, so Bob, I hear you say, X. When I do X, it makes you feel very, insert the emotion. Make sure you really understand. Asking questions after you let someone talk can help confirm that you understand what they're saying and you're on the same page. If you're misunderstanding them, the person will tell you. The other thing to remember, if you're the person who's constantly learning the lesson in the the relationship, it just takes time. And time for people involved in that relationship is different. Some people are more quick to forgive. Some people are a little bit slower to forgive. And some people, they may forgive you, but they may not fully trust you. So taking time to evolve that trust is a rather delicate matter. It's important that you check in constantly with the other person involved and you ask for feedback of how you're doing and things that you could do differently to improve the relationship. You'll find that asking for things such as constructive feedback catches people off guard because they're not expecting you to ask, Hey, what can I do better to make things better? Once you've ask that question, make sure that it is indeed something that you can do. If it's unrealistic, that's where you do have to stand up for yourself and say, it's not realistic, but you also have to be ready for that person to possibly say, okay, if this is not realistic, then I can't proceed and move forward with this relationship. So there is that give and take. And that's where again, counseling or HR can be very impactful and can help foster compromise. A lot of symbiotic relationships work because there's compromise. People respect each other's boundaries, they respect their needs, and they're open again to that feedback. All right, guys, that's all I have time for today, but I really hope that as you evaluate your relationships, take time to notice the ones that aren't going well, but the ones that are going well, And the ones that are going well, take a moment just to express your gratitude to that person for the relationship and tell them how much they mean to you. For those relationships that you're working on, again, you have to make that hard line of, is this relationship serving me at all? If it's not, let it go. And if there's some benefit to it, it's just you're going through a bit of a rough patch. Start working through the discussions of how it makes you feel, hear the other person out, let them state how they feel, use those reflective listening questions of confirming that you heard the person correctly.
All right, guys, until next time, have an awesome rest of your day and I'll talk to you guys soon.